This morning we started the second topic that is uh, uh, the Anasila morality and there was a very interesting question that lady asked about uh, what one should do in defense of uh, infant child or oneself. Buddha has very precisely uh, said na attahetu na parasahetu na putta miche na dhanang na rattam na itcheya adhamme na samidhi mattanu so silava dhammi so dhammi kosiya a person who observes this these precepts will not violate them transgress these precepts for the sake of the country nation family relatives friends or oneself nothing is precluded for the sake of even for the sake of country some people uh, uh, of course when their uh, patriotism nationalism is uh, very high they forget uh, religious principles and they say for the sake of our country we must kill enemies some you may remember during uh, the vietnam war some buddhist monks burned themselves to death i happened to be in this country going round universities giving lectures since there were not you know, that many buddhist monks i happened to be on the spot so mm-hmm. i went from many 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 universities one of the uh, invariable questions they asked was uh, is buddhism a religion which preaches uh, self killing oneself self immolation burning oneself to death is that what buddhism promote uh, is it what buddhism promotes their example is this vietnam killing of monks um that's that's entirely uh, wrong interpretation of uh, any religious principle not let alone buddhism to kill oneself or kill another for the sake of anything uh uh everything the these principles stands above everything else it doesn't have one particular country nation family anything all these are secondary to these noble principles when non killing is uh, observed as a principle everything else becomes secondary 
and therefore there is no exception. Uh, otherwise, these principles can never be sacred. Religion is something that we observe as something sacred. Sacredness of religiosity or religions come from non-violation of the principles. Uh, our uh, minds uh, can play tricks on us and uh, make something appear to us to be right to do whatever we think to do whatever we think right and therefore uh, we have to be very cautious when we look at these principles very closely very mindfully uh, Morality has three levels, as I was mentioning this morning. Uh, one level is called uh, anusaya, or uh, psychic irritants, I should say, defilements. One level is called anusaya. Anusaya means dormant state, inactive state sleeping state until a suitable moment arises they remain inactive second is uh, uh, pariyuttana pariyuttana means when the suitable opportunity arises this dormant inactive sleepy uh, state of psychic irritants will arise. This is called Pariyuttana. The third is Vitikkama or Kammapata. That is the state where the precepts are transgressed, transgression. So the moral principles are uh, observed at uh, these three levels. The first is the gross level. Gross level is the level where things manifest, become active and transgress, causing harm to oneself, to others, as well as to both. And I think that is the first level we have to deal with. Second level is uh, Pariyuttana or active state that becomes in our words and the more basic level is the fruit, Anusaya state. And therefore when we talk about the precept, take for instance first one, the killing. As I said there are precepts uh, for people to observe, five precepts for lay people, and if they 
can observe these five well, then they can step into the second level, that is the eight precepts. And if they are proficient in that, they can step into the third level, that is ten precepts. And still they are confident, uh, they can step into the still higher level, which is called the in which uh, there are uh, 227 precepts for male and uh, more for female. <laughs> 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 what? 252 for women, yes. yes. No. 50 200, yeah, 51. Yeah, 51. 227 for, for men. <laughs> 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 uh, now, let us take uh, the five precepts uh, each uh, in turn and try to spend few minutes in, on each uh, precept. Since these are the basic, of course the rest are extension, expansion of these five. The basic is these five precepts. First one is the killing. Mm. One may ask, uh, uh, by observing these precepts, uh, how can one, how, how can that observance uh, affect the rest of the world, affect the society? For instance, I observe the first precept, non-killing. How can I stop uh, slaughter of other, other people's uh, slaughtering others, humans as well as animals? I am very small, uh, insignificant fraction of the society. Therefore, my observ observing uh, this precept, uh, one may think, may not uh, affect the society, affect the rest of the world. When I don't uh, kill, I give uh, secure, safe feeling to others around me, whether human or animals. And they feel confident, comfortable around me. And they never think that I will, under any circumstance, would kill any of them. When I don't steal, people trust me. They never think that I would uh, take things, their things away and uh, use for myself without, their, uh, without uh, their giving it to me. So they feel, um, they trust me. When I don't commit uh, sexual misconduct, people also trust me. They don't... Uh, suspect me, uh, they feel confident to associate with me. When I don't lie, people uh, believe what I say and honor my words, respect it and trust me. When I don't uh, 
take intoxicating drinks and drugs causing infatuation and heedlessness. People know that uh, I will not uh, uh, be confused uh, and unreliable make my decision in a on the spur of the moment uh, my awareness is good I am mindful uh, I would not uh, make wrong judgments if I can give this to the world being other, other persons associating with me I certainly uh, generate certain results, good results. And if each and every one of us does it, the society will be something different. Trust each other, uh, be comfortable around with each other. no fear and therefore it certainly affects the society in a positive way. Many a time people say um, religions cause more harm than good, religious fights and, and so forth. That is the unfortunate uh, misinterpretation of uh, religions. <laughs> religions actually uh, certainly have nothing to do with what uh, uh, people uh, do. It is because of their misinterpretation, misunderstanding, their own greed, hatred and delusion, not knowing what they do. They abuse religious principles. Uh, there's a Latin uh, statement, uh, abusus non tolit usum. When you, ab when you abuse something, it doesn't abrogate its fundamental principle. It's true, it's reality. The reality remains intact. When you abuse it, it is your own state of mind that makes you abuse the principle. Not the principle, not anything defective or faulty in the principle. And therefore I don't um, uh, agree with people saying that religion, any religion, it doesn't matter what, uh, causes more harm than good. Money can do more harm than good. Then why people worship money more than religion? Uh, therefore, we have to take this um, principles in serious, into our serious consideration. So let's take again the first precept uh, to be very uh, clear with our theoretical understanding of these precepts. To complete killing there has to be five conditions. 
one, there has to be a being. A being is called uh, uh, the the being is uh, breathing being. Pana in Pali. Pana means breath. Prana in Sanskrit also breath. That which is breathing is called a being. A trees are not considered to be a being. Rocks are not considered to be a being. Plants are not beings. But beings that can breathe is called being. Pāna. Atipāta means uh, cutting off the breathing process of the being. Atipāta. Atipāta actually means drop, dead. So pāna atipāta means uh, cutting off the stream of process of breathing, process of life uh, of a being. So one has to be, uh, there has to be a such, such being, that is number one, first condition. Second condition is uh, awareness of that it is a being. That means we should know that it is a being. Third condition is uh, to uh, employ a method, devise a method to cut its life off. Third condition is to employ that particular method and destroy or cut off the life. The fifth condition is intention. If any of these conditions are, uh, if any of these conditions is uh, uh, not met, then it is not killing in true sense. <coughs> it is not. It is uh, the person who invo is involved in uh, that act is not considered to have killed that being, are not responsible for its killing, in other words. For instance, when you clear a land for farming, you have no intention of killing any uh, worms, insects, bugs and so forth. Your intention is just to clear the land. It may so happen that there may be a lot of insects and worms and so forth that may get killed. But you are not going out uh, with the intention of I must kill this particular being, that particular being and so forth. You even don't know where they are. You simply clean the land. And you take a, a rock and throw away and it may land on a little rabbit maybe that may be crushed to death. So you are not responsible for killing. In the case of uh, even a human being, if you accidentally kill a human being, you are not responsible for killing. 
it is not uh, considered to be a killing, karma of killing. Even in the criminal law, you know if uh, you kill somebody accidentally, that comes to culpable homicide not amounting to murder. So is in the case of uh, religious principle. Uh, if you don't fulfill any all these conditions, then you are not killing. I mean, you are, you are not responsible for the act. When we walk, uh, we may step on many insects. We even don't know. There is a very uh, famous uh, story of a, a monk who, while meditating, lost his eyesight and attain enlightenment at the same time. Then he was, he, he came to meet the Buddha. I don't say he came to see the Buddha because he lost his eyesight meet, to meet the Buddha. And uh, having met him, uh, next day he started uh, doing walking meditation as a habit. That previous night there was a rain. Uh, after the rain, a lot of uh, insects, worms and ants and so forth uh, started coming out of the ground and uh, there were a lot of them. He stepped on many, many of them and killed. So next day, when this happened, other monks went to the Buddha and reported this to him and uh, said that so and so killed so many insects and what is the consequences. The Buddha said uh, uh, he is not responsible for it. On the one hand he did not see, on the other hand he did not know that there were insects. It is. It happened, it so happened that uh, he stepped on them and killed. So for killing, uh, these five conditions has to be full, have to be fulfilled. With regard to other precepts, also there are conditions. All of them are similar to this. Yeah, clarification: the distinction between um, someone who catches a fish and eats it, and, and people who just normally eat fish but buy it at a market. What is, what's the distinction? I realize that the person who actually catches it and slaughters it is killing, but. <coughs> Karmically, how is it? How is uh, eating animals? Okay, that is eating a fish killed by somebody, hmm? or eating meat uh, of an animal slaughtered by somebody, right? Right. This, of course, is a different uh, uh, question. I mean, indirectly related to what we are saying, of course. Uh, vegetarianism and non-vegetarianism, in other words. Uh, this one who purchases what is uh, already killed is not directly responsible for killing. Somehow people can uh, uh, argue on the ground of supply and demand. Since uh, people eat flesh, animals are slaughtered. Therefore all the meat eaters 
are responsible for killing, participating in killing. That is their argument. If they don't eat meat, animals will not be slaughtered. Now, um, I myself uh, a vegetarian, I don't eat meat, but uh, on behalf of uh, people who meet, eat meat, uh, I must say that uh, that argument of supply and demand doesn't work. It uh, can, or because it, uh, it can apply even for vegetarians because uh, more vegetables you eat, more animals will be slaughtered. Not directly to feed the vegetarians, but to protect the farms. Farmers, in the process of growing vegetables, fruits and so forth, have to destroy a lot of insects uh, using chemicals, traps, uh, intentionally, to protect them. And therefore, even they, <coughs> even you eat vegetable, animals will be slaughtered, and you are not responsible for that. However, some somebody might uh, feel ultra conscious of uh, other beings, and therefore one may not uh, uh, eat meat. Somebody may not eat for health reasons, and uh, uh, in other reasons. So uh, these two are not uh, actually the same: eating meat and killing. Sometimes people can kill, and they may not eat at all. Perhaps someone who kills animals, seeing animals day in, day out, and so disgusted with seeing their thing, may, no may not have any appetite to eat any meat. So therefore eating or not eating is not directly related to killing. And also somebody asked this morning about uh, uh, abortion. And, uh, of course, another question comes up very often, uh, that is uh, euthanasia. Uh, now, these all are intentional, direct involvement of killing. Now the responsibility is between the people who make the decision. If somehow somebody decides to uh, destroy a, a fetus, uh, that is a killing. Uh, in, according to uh, Buddhism, the life begins at the moment of conception. There are three things take place at the moment of conception. One, uh, the intended mother has to be in season 
strategy for conceiving. And second, there has to be a combination of ovum and sperm. Third, a being uh, ready to take rebirth there. That is uh, what we call pre-linking consciousness of a being. In Pali that is called uh, Gandhabha. When these three combine together, uh, conception takes place and the life begins. Uh, those who are familiar with uh, uh, life cycles may know in uh, uh, four weeks after uh, conception, uh, a heart begins to operate. And eight weeks after conception, neurons begin to develop in the brain. And eight weeks before, before birth, all uh, uh, 12 to 15 billion neurons are complete. And then after birth, all, all is necessary to nourish them. So everything is already formed inside the womb before birth. And therefore it starts from the very first moment of conception. And uh, uh, say somebody is at the risk, mother is, mother's life is at stake for at that, in that situation mother and the doctor decides to destroy one to save the other. So the karmic consequences are two things, two consequences, one for one for destroying life and the other for giving life. Giving life to one is a wholesome thing, destroying life is unwholesome thing. So they share this karma. So these two balance each each other out. Wholesome and unwholesome. <laughs> uh, and people take responsibility. As you know, in the uh, Buddhist principles, individuals take responsibility. Nobody can give it to somebody. Whatever people do, they take responsibility. That is their decisions. And that is not decided by somebody else, somebody outside. Now, why we want to observe precepts, observe, practice uh, uh, morality? It is related to, uh, now morality comes in these three categories, eh, when you see in here. Right speech number three, Right action number four, right livelihood number five. Right, right speech is abstaining from lying, uh, slanderous talk, uh, harsh language and useless speech. 
number four, number five, right livelihood is uh, abstaining from wrong livelihood. Wrong livelihood means dealing with uh, livestock, buying and selling, buying and selling human beings as slaves, dealing with poisons, weapons, poison, poisonous chemicals, and in uh, business, various type of, various method of cheating and so forth included. Therefore these three are considered to be the, to be in the moral category in the Noble Eightfold Path. Now remains uh, four more to discuss. We discussed in the morning right thought under dana, at, at least one aspect of right thought under dana. And under sila, uh, we discussed three other aspects. We didn't go into details because of our limitation of time. The reason why we want to observe precepts is to keep our mind, uh, our conscience clear. It helps us to uh, practice meditation. When we go to meditation, mind remains calm, peaceful. It uh, uh, promotes our concentration. Now we come to the last aspect that is, uh, now before we go to the last aspect, last topic that is uh, uh, bhavana, uh, meditation, I, I like to pause for, for a while uh, to answer questions if you have any on this aspect because I mentioned several things, perhaps some of them are controversial. Yes. Um, how does Buddhism, what stand does um, Buddhism take on birth control, tubal ligations, or um, contraceptives? Now, any of those uh, measures with, before a conception uh, is acceptable. It is the, after what we will do after conception, uh, start creating uh, ethical, moral problems. For instance, by various ways, you know, people observe certain principles and uh, that also certain way of controlling birth. Um, certain various modern methods that people use all this controlled birth, uh, but uh, the moral problem arises only when the conception takes place. I want to go back to Donna because of the one other part of that question this morning, which was becoming a parent. Is that an act of generosity? It is very to be uh, 
parents and uh, uh, doing what parents have to do for their children certainly can come under generosity. Of course, there is uh, something to that, something more to that, that is the, uh, you know, emotionally bound to support their um, children. And um, if parents do um, what they have to do without expecting anything from children, that can be considered to be a generous act. I know that one of the, um, the, the uh, I believe we're taught to respect parents and to give thanks for having given us life. Right. And so I was just taking it to the other side that to give life also is yes, to because be the avenue of life, yes. Right. Yeah. Because of that, um, I, the Buddha uh, has recommended certain duties, responsibilities towards children, vice versa. Yes. Uh, there has to be an exchange of uh, <coughs> duties, uh, not only from children to parents, but from parents to children too. Yes, any other question? parents obligations to children? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, education, educating them, showing them right path, showing them, since they show the right path, teaching them, educating them, parents are called uh, first teachers, are the uh, guru. Uh, children's first teachers are parents. Pubbhachari uh, and Pali. The first thing is to teach, teach them everything that they have to learn, you know, at home as little, little ones. And uh, uh, taking care of them, uh, introducing them to the society, uh, looking after their welfare. Uh, these are their primary responsibilities. On the other hand, children have to uh, obey parents and uh, uh, follow their advices. Uh, when parents are uh, old, children must take uh, care of their parents. These are the responsibilities. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted to. Uh you spoke of, of the precepts they're, they're abstaining from, and uh, Thich Han and many others have, uh, have added, maybe it's not adding, but at least resurrected the uh, positive side, cultivating the positive virtue of not only not killing, but of nurturing life. 
and you're making it explicit. And similarly, uh, generosity as uh, as the say the reverse of non-stealing. Is this? Uh, That's very good, very true. Yeah. That's what I said this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put it in a negative form first, yeah. in order to uh, restrain ourselves from doing wrong things. For right things, we don't need rules and regulations. We naturally we do. For naturally, yes. uh, I mean, uh, for instance, to be, uh, to have compassion, to have loving mm. kindness. Mm. We don't uh, have particular root. I should practice loving kindness, or I must practice loving kindness. I must practice compassion and so forth. We don't need those rules only to stop us doing wrong things we have to rule we have to have rules uh, i mean in any society any time anywhere rules are introduced only to prevent us from doing wrong things laws are introduced to do to abstain from doing wrong things if people do always good things right things correct things we don't need any law any regulation because we all promote them, appreciate them. So loving kindness practice of in of course in other context, uh, when we talk about um, uh, meditation and so forth, we uh, suggest uh, that we should cultivate loving kindness, uh, compassion, appreciative joy, equanimity, and uh, generosity, patience. Uh, and uh, so forth. Uh, they are not formulated as rules and regulations like precepts. Mm-hmm. But so then it goes without saying that, uh, see, a lot, a lot of us uh, is very enjoy uh, generosity of spirit, having it, but, but I mean, the relationship of the action to the mind state and the, on the positive side, it goes without saying, doesn't it, that that they reinforce each other. Right. And that that's the growth. Uh, yes. Right, yeah. Yes. For instance, when we ask somebody, not, a little child for instance, not to steal, child always, uh, 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 child should know then, not to, when we ask not to steal, child should know then to ask parents or someone whenever they want something rather than going and snatching it. Uh, when we say don't kill, it uh, automatically implies that we must respect life, nurture life, promote uh, other beings' well-being and happiness. Uh, this precept has been, uh, in a many positive side, has been emphasized in many different ways comparing oneself uh, to others. Uh, I like uh, uh, good health. Mm-hmm. I like uh, to live long uh, with good health. I like happiness. I don't like to be killed. Uh, similarly, other people also feel exactly the same way. Therefore, I should not uh, you know, transcript or transgress or violate this uh, noble uh, uh, principles. 
and so forth, they have to respect it. Yeah. I'm having um, a nitpicking problem, which is that I um, believe that trees uh, have respiration and that they are therefore breathing. And as soon as you use the words breathing, I thought, oh, God, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> um, which they do. And so I'm arguing with myself whether that is to really cut off the stream of life if you were to... Well, yeah. when we go uh, that far, you know, these railroad tracks breathe. Uh-huh. The steel breathes. Breathe. Yes, yes, yes. They have contraction and expansion, contraction and expansion. That is Rocks the function of yeah. everything yeah. in the universe. Uh, contract. This table breathes. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, nothing can be precluded from breathing in, in that uh, extreme uh, uh, situation. We have, we have to have a cutting off point <laughs> to start uh, somewhere to start our practice. Yeah. You are going to ask question, any of you? No? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it seems to be very reassuring then to know that we're all uh, uh, we're all complete, and that all you have to do is refrain from this and that, and stop screwing up, and and you don't you don't have to add anything or get a. Uh, a transplant or anything. In other words, to uh, where people are naturally moral is what's coming out of this. And if, if they uh, get smart, at least this is saying that they develop s- skillful means of being happy, they understand uh, and do the right things without uh, any particular. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's not a um, it's it's natural in other words, natural. A natural mind, if it's trained, will do the right thing. Is that that's pretty much the right? The mind, yeah. uh, in its own natural state, is uh, pure, mm-hmm. clean, luminous. Mm-hmm. Because of uh, adventitious uh, condition defilements, mind can get polluted. Uh, for instance, in families and societies where killing is uh, 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 applauded, uh, praised, supported, uh, people tend to kill more than in other families and societies. Uh, however, when other conditions uh, increase, other conditions affect life, people kill each other. For instance, uh, when people's uh, greed uh, or hatred, primarily killing comes from hatred. Mm-hmm. Hatred is nourished by many different factors, then uh, killing could be uh, a, a result of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Therefore, if we promote the pure 
natural state of mind without feeding, as you said, with uh, negative things, then being always uh, will refrain from killing. But how, how about, well, let me just add, add one question to that. Uh, wouldn't uh, the abstaining from intoxicants include the very cultural mainstream of our television programs, which is a tremendous emphasis on violence and, and killing. It's the coin of the realm. And uh, isn't that one of the things that, in other words, one way, way to interpret that precept in this century, in, in this country, alas, would be to extend it to our total diet of intoxicants, including mm -hmm. the th things programs on radio and television, movies, and even conversations. Right. You know, in yeah. families where children uh, are taught about the value of life, from very, very youngest age, uh, you can see children sometimes, uh, when they see a bug, they, mm -hmm. you know, crush them. Sometimes they catch little bugs and break their legs and see them struggle. Sometimes children take these magnifying glasses and hold them against bugs to see how they, you know, pop into pieces. Uh, I did that as a child, so I'm feeling a, a lot of the paranoia. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was completely out of sheer total ignorance. And yeah, whenever an adult sees that, <laughs> if that adult uh, uh, teaches a child yeah. uh, discouraging things like, uh, now look, uh, don't do that. Mm -hmm. This little uh, insect has its uh, family, his mother, his mm -hmm. children, and uh, he, he may be going to, uh, she or he may be going to see his uh, little children, family, if you kill them. Uh, they will be very sad. Suppose when your parents come to take you home from nursing school and if somebody come and kill the father, mother, how do you feel? You feel sad, don't you? Like that we teach children, talking to them in their language and inculcate the positive ideas in their mind uh, not to kill. Then they don't kill. I had a little child in my neighborhood when I was in Washington. His name was Nicholas. Um, that was many, many, about twenty-some years ago. Uh, so he comes to our um, land. Uh, he may be about four, five years old, little child. And whenever he sees a bug he wanted to kill, I talk to him. I talk and talk several times and then, uh, at least in my presence, he never killed any bug, other than bees <laughs> and uh, so forth. Uh, so later, this child became so affectionate, he comes and hugs me, say, I wish uh, you, you become my big brother, <laughs> you know, because I always talk to him very nicely, very gentle, kind things uh, about animals, about life, about human beings and so forth. And slowly this child picked up uh, some new feeling, new ideas. 
therefore mostly adults uh, are responsible for children's uh, behavior it's not um, very easy thing in many places many families many countries but if parents take it very seriously they can make children anything they want out of them what is one to do when one lives in a society or a country that is in some ways really at odds with the principles i mean i'm, I'm thinking that our constitution allows us the right to bear arms and that includes things like I mean, we have to have laws to actually limit that. But apparently, um, you can carry a semi-automatic. I mean, you can carry a machine gun that can... Uh, what is the purpose of this? I mean, it certainly isn't to kill animals. What's the purpose of it except... And at the same time, most of the religions of this country, the commandments are not to kill. But it, it's this kind of denial that what's... <laughs> Uh, what is the reality here? Deborah, the U.S. Constitution is non-religious entity. Religion and uh, what you call state are so separate. Yes. Those are uh, state laws. And um, uh, that doesn't affect the religion. Of course, people who made the state law happened to be members of those religions, but they wanted to keep the state separate from the religion. And therefore, uh, asking people, allowing people to carry arms is the state business. Not using them, following principles, is the uh, matter of uh, individuals who follow religion. Even if somebody forces you to carry a gun out of uh, uh, necessity or as a, perhaps a law, for instance, a law you may have to carry a gun. Uh, you may carry it, you may don't have to use it. You may not put any bullet in it and just carry a rice walking stick. <laughs> Nobody can object to that. As long as you don't use it. Uh, I myself don't, of course, support uh, this gun, you know, carrying guns. Uh, the options are all left to us as individuals. So um, it's a real perplexing, I think. It just is very, I just uh, um, sort of ask myself, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. what, what am I doing? And, and then at some point you begin to ask yourself whether you're actually participating in this kind of carnage that goes on in this country um, by not, um, you know, doing, taking some action. It, it, do you know what I mean? I mean taking hmm. some action to really put this question before all of us. And, and you know, if everybody and decides uh, not to use guns. Uh, they even don't need any rule, any law, to prohibit guns yeah. using. Uh, as uh, 
religious principles are entirely, absolutely individual, personal uh, matters. Uh, it's, it's difficult to enforce mm. on people. State laws, yes, they can force upon us, and uh, out of fear, out of uh, other reasons, we obey. We don't have to uh, sacrifice our religious principles uh, just to satisfy those laws. Mm.